Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now, here's this week's message. Thank you. All right, I hope you're watching closely because now we're going to stand and do the motions to that last one. I want to see some of you guys do that when Joey's leading worship next Sunday, jumping around from side to side. I want you to get into the worship. We could learn a lot from... uh, from our kids when it comes into worship. So, uh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. If you've got your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. While you're turning there, let me say a great big thank you again to uh, our families. If you're here visiting and you have children in our weekday program, you're our honored guest today. And uh, we're glad that you're here. And we can do this more than one Sunday a year. I'm, I regret we missed it last year because of COVID, but we're glad you're here. Also, let me say thank you uh, for those of you who came out Last Sunday night for the Jason Gray concert, we had a great time, and uh, glad that uh, glad that he came to to share his music and ministry with us. Genesis chapter thirty-seven. Uh, we're going to read it in a minute, but it's interesting God's timing that today we're going to be talking about dreaming, and it's weekday Sunday. How appropriate! Talk about dreaming. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I had a lot of dreams. My first dream was I wanted to be Batman. And then my mom and dad said, that job's already taken, you can't be Batman. So I wasn't able to do that. But it's amazing the, the opportunity that we have in this country to dream. Uh, and we're grateful for that. If you're a parent, grandparent, an influencer of kids, it's great to ask kids questions and hear what they want to be when they grow up. Uh, there are some parts of the world where uh, things, places like the Dominican Republic, Malawi, places some of you have been... Uh, You ask kids what they want to be when they grow up or if they have dreams and they say that we don't have dreams because they're just trying to get through tomorrow. They don't dream. But we get to this story in the Bible, Genesis chapter 37, and we encounter someone who's a dreamer. So I love this. that We're talking about this today. Let's read it together. Just the first uh, 18 verses or so, 19 verses. Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned, in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. We're going to get into our story today uh, of the life of Joseph. And Joseph, it says, he was 17 years old. He was pastoring the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now, let's get the picture here. 17 years of age. He's out. He's working. He's shepherding. Something happens, we don't know, but apparently his brothers were misbehaving, and he comes back to tell daddy, ah, i got to tell you, my brothers, what they did. So he comes back, and he gives a bad report. In verse 3, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his sons. And don't forget, that's Jacob. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And you'll see it kind of go back and forth. So he's still talking about Jacob here. And he says, Israel loved Jacob because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a very colored tunic. Now let's stop again real quick because I did some more research. This, this study has been great for, 
for Pastor Jack, if not for you. I've read Genesis through many times, but even this time I'm, I'm learning new things. And one of the new things that I learned was... Um, very colored tunic, the coat of many colors. Some of you have heard that story. That was true. Probably was very colorful. But one of the things that made this coat very unique that we don't read about, you have to go back and study the Hebrew culture, was this coat actually had long sleeves. And it was more like a robe. It had long sleeves and it went down to his ankles. And the other brothers didn't get that kind of coat. The other brothers got the sleeveless jacket. The first muscle shirts were in the book of Genesis. You may not know that, but they were. They were sleeveless jackets. They were very short because those people who wore those coats were the laborers. Those were the working guys. So for whatever reason, maybe God did this in foreshadowing who Joseph was to become. Also, because of the love of his father, Joseph had on not only multicolored, but a long sleeve tunic. And so even his brothers, when they looked at him, saw him dressed differently. It did not make them happy. And we we read about that in the next verse. Verse 4, his brothers saw their father loved him more than all his brothers. And so they hated him and they would not speak to him even on the friendly terms. And Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And here's what he said to them. Listen to this dream I've had. For behold, we were out binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold... Your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to me, to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Are you really going to rule over us? They were beginning to think through this dream, what he was saying. And they heard him uh, even more. They hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And then he had another dream and he related it to his brothers and says, Lo, I've had still another dream and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. And he related it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, What's this dream you've had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? Let's stop right there. Rachel, his mom, has passed away. So Joseph is even saying this dream that he's had is that one day all of his relatives will bow down before him. She's passed away. She's not a part of the picture. And his brothers were jealous of him, verse 11, but his father kept this saying in mind. And his brothers went to pasture their father's flocks in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem? Come and I will send you to them. And he said, I'll go. And he said to him, go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and he came to Shechem. Shechem, by the way, was about 60 miles from home. He didn't get into his Honda Accord and make the journey. It was a long walk, probably 20 hours of travel. And when he gets there, verse 15, a man found him and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, what are you looking for? And he said to him, I'm looking for my brothers. Tell me where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, they've moved from here. I heard him say, let's go to Dothan, Alabama. No, I added, I added that part. I added that part. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. And Dothan, by the way, is 30 miles further away from home. So now at this point, he's going to travel 90 miles away from home. No mama, no daddy. All the way from home with his siblings. And when they saw him from a distance, verse 18, and before he came close to to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. And they said to one another, Here comes the dreamer. 
I love that. We'll stop right there for a minute. Here comes the dreamer. Joseph is known as a dreamer. And I think one of the great uh, uh, enemies, or one of the great tools of the enemy, one of the greatest squelches of the enemy, is not allowing God's people to dream. Not to imagine what could be. Not to imagine the future. And sometimes the present, there's things going on in the present that are so challenging, and we're in those days right now in our world, that sometimes it's hard to dream about the future. I would encourage you, dream, dream, dream. Because God is a visionary. God is about the future, and God puts dreams in people's hearts even till today. God is all about dreams, and He gives, uh, he gives Joseph this Dream, And we find out here this shepherd boy is, whose brothers are totally jealous of him. Uh, God gives to him a dream. Now, you've got to notice that he didn't set himself aside, even though we're going to talk about this in a second, from his comments, seemed to set him aside as being better than his brothers. He was still working. He was still a shepherd. He was still out in the field. And it reminds me that those of us who, uh, those of people in our culture who are trained to do nothing are most likely to be good for nothing. He was still working. I know in our world today, uh, some people think manual labor is the governor of Mexico. Manual labor is work. Work is a good thing. We studied earlier in the book of Genesis that God wanted us to work. Our job, even before the fall of man, was to work and to tend the garden and to be about work. And so Joseph and his brothers, are that's, that's their job. They're supposed to be working. Now, what is it about Joseph that makes him so special? We're going to start to figure those things out this week and over the next few weeks. I want you to think about this as I was studying. Do you understand one-fourth of the book of Genesis is about Joseph? One-fourth. If you go back in early Genesis and you study creation, there's one passing comment when we read about creation where it says that God made the stars also. So there's this one passing comment about the galaxies and the universe. Oh, he just made the stars also. And yet there is 25% of the book of Genesis talking about Joseph. I think Joseph may be a very important person that we need to know about if God spends that much time telling us through his word about Joseph. And one of the things that we'll discover about Joseph that I love and that I can learn from and maybe you can learn from today, is at no point in his years of 110 years of life did he ever seem to get his eyes off of Jesus. Adversity did not harden him. Adversity actually made him better. Adversity made his character. He became prosperous. We're going to study about that in the next few weeks. And prosperity did not even ruin him. He was the same guy in Public as he was in private, he really was a great man. And we can learn a lot of things from him. And we can learn a few things about dreaming. He was loved by uh, his dad more than all of his siblings. So what can we learn about this man, Joseph? What can we learn about dreams? Well, we all have ideas and we have dreams. And you may be here today and you may, may feel like, well, I can't have a lot of great dreams because if you knew about my family, or you knew about where I came, come from, or what side of the tracks I grew up on, or you knew about my education, Pastor Jack, you'd say, no, you, I am disqualified from dreaming. Have you really studied the life of Joseph? 
Do you know his background? Do you know what kind of family he came from? I mean, you're talking about a family with problems and issues. We've been talking about it. We've, we've studied it. He came from a, a, his, his mom and dad alone were deceitful. They lied. They went about this whole stealing of the birthright. We read about that and studied about that just last week. They were stealing. There was deception. There was lying. It was one big messed up family. And yet out of that messed up family comes this guy who's a dreamer. So you know what that tells me? It tells me that I don't give up on my dreams just because of my past. That's the first thing we can learn. Don't give up on your dreams because of your past. Maybe you're here today and you're kind of blaming your past and saying, you know what, that kind of disqualifies me from being able to have a great future. Some of you in this room have had great challenges with your family. Some of you come from some very challenging backgrounds. Some of you have had some hard situations that you have faced. And some of those things have, I would say to you, have uh, been placed in your life to make you a person that is going to be great. And you're gonna over, you've overcome those things. And that is the case when you look at the life of Joseph. He didn't give up on his dreams because of his past. He could have said, woe is me, look at what happened. My mom talked me into stealing my birthright. She lied, I'm a part of a whole family bunch of liars. Don't give up on your dreams because of your past. Joseph was given this dream. Not just one dream, but two dreams in fact. And dreams in that day, as you know, if you know the Old Testament, there's many other stories of dreams. I think about uh, the book of Daniel. And Daniel was a dreamer and God gave him many dreams. And he was supposed to interpret those for King Nebuchadnezzar. Anytime there are dreams mentioned in the Old Testament, the culture was they knew that a lot of times God spoke through dreams. So don't allow your past to keep you from dreaming today. And the second thing that I see here in this passage is dreams need to align with the Word of God. Dreams will be confirmed by the Word of God. And if God has put something in your life, a dream in your heart, a passion for you to achieve, one of the ways that you'll know it's a dream from God is if it's confirmed by God, if it's confirmed by His Word. We've talked over the last few weeks about this is our source of truth. It's not by how we feel or how we think, but it's by what God's Word says. And Joseph had these dreams And God gave him these dreams. And the Bible tells us all throughout the Scripture, especially the Old Testament, that God oftentimes speaks through dreams. But unfortunately, he doesn't always give a guidebook along with those dreams. And so maybe you have dreams today of things you want to accomplish that you feel like God's placed in your heart. You say, how do I know that that's from God? Well, you've got to stay close to God. You've got to stay in His Word because we know that the Bible tells us the voice of God. The Bible tells us the Word of God. And so if we have what we feel like is a dream from God, we get confirmation from that if it aligns up with the Word of God. I have a lot of uh, friends who over the years have talked about different dreams. I remember being at a conference one time with a friend of mine and this young girl stood up and she said, I think I'm supposed to be a singer. And the conference speaker, there was a couple hundred teenagers sitting in this room and the conference speaker said, well, sweetheart, can you sing? And she said, well, I think so. And she came up on the platform and they handed the mic and he said, all right, well, then sing for us. And she started to sing. And I'll just tell you, it was a joyful noise, maybe to one person, but it wasn't to the other 199 in the room. And he said to her, are you sure that's your dream? 
And she said, well, I think so. He goes, well, we need to talk about it. And they talked about it afterwards, not in front of everybody, but she came to realize that was something that was passionate in her heart, but it wasn't, it wasn't really what she was supposed to do. God started to confirm what she was supposed to do from his word, from other people, from circumstances, from how people spoke into her heart and her life. And God does the same thing with us. We should expect that God speaks to us in the Bible to reveal his will for us and to show us what he's supposed to do. It's interesting that Joseph's dream, by the way, both of his dreams were of his brothers and his family bowing down to him. It's interesting his dream did not include the persecution that was to come. That, that part was not, he didn't dream that part. He uh, dreamed of ruling, but he didn't really dream of the trouble and the persecution and being thrown in the pit and being sold as a slave that we'll read about a little bit later. He didn't dream about all those things. And so it's easy in our humanity to come up with these thoughts that we think might be dreams from God. How do we know? Well, we've got to spend time with God. We've got to be in His Word because when we have dreams, they have to align with the Word of God and be confirmed by God. And Joseph's dreams will be confirmed by God, as we'll see as we go through this study together. Here's a third thing I see, though, in this passage of Scripture that's probably pretty important. You've got to be careful who you share your dreams with. He has these dreams. He walks up into his family and says, Oh, I've got to tell you about my dream. I've got to tell you about my dream. I don't know how he did it. I don't know his tone. There's different studies I've read over the last couple of weeks in preparation for today. Some people thought maybe it was kind of in humility. Some people thought maybe, you know, biblical scholars think maybe he was in pride. Oh, let me tell you about my dream. As he wharfed open his valley-colored, you know, jacket, multicolored jacket, and kind of stood in front. I don't know if that's how he did it or not. But he shared his dreams with his family, with his brothers and his dad, and the reaction was very interesting. He, uh, maybe he was unwise actually to tell the first dream. Because he probably knew it would be, I mean, let's be honest, if you've got a sibling, you know. Don't have to tell you. You know if you have a sibling how to kind of jab them a little bit, you know. You know how to say the right thing at the Thanksgiving table to kind of throw a little zinger at them. We, we, we didn't have to be trained to do that if we have a brother or sister or sibling. We know how to do that. I don't know if that's what he was doing or not, but he had to know that if he shared the details of this dream, it was going to irritate his brothers because they already hated him because they knew that his dad valued them more. And so he doesn't only share the first dream, First dream, I'd be okay, Joseph, that's okay. He actually goes and shares a second dream with him. It's like, in case you guys didn't hear the first dream, let me share another zinger, I'm going to share it again. You've got to be careful who you share your dreams with. And maybe some people say he was so focused on how great his dreams were for him, he didn't really consider how the dreams would sound in the ears of other people. Maybe it was the presentation but I, I, I believe the other thing that we can take from this scripture is regardless of the presentation, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've shared dreams that I felt like God had uh, for me, my family, my kids with, with friends, and sometimes the reaction was very interesting. You'll discover who your friends are very quickly when you share your dreams, because if they rise up against you, you'll know immediately they weren't my friends. And that happens in life, it happens in school, it happens in education. Dear friends, it happens in the church. I believe God Almighty has a dream for Crossroads Baptist Church. 
And even in the midst of the dream that God has given our church, there will be those who we will have to be careful to share that dream with because there will be the naysayers, there will be the doubters, there will be the discouragers, there will be the ones that choose to disappoint, there will be the ones that choose to see us defeated. Welcome to the world. Because that's life. And that strategy of the enemy has always been there, even from the very beginning, from Genesis right here with the story of Joseph, when he goes and says, I've got to share with you this dream. I don't know if he shared it pridefully. It could have been the way I share dreams with people sometimes. I'm so excited that the creator of the universe has given me a dream. I want to share it with everybody. Maybe that was his attitude. I don't know. But I do know this. We learn from what happens with Joseph. You have to be careful who you share your dreams with. Matter of fact, what happens, let's pick up the story and read from verse 20. Chapter 37, verse 20. What happens when they say, here comes the dreamer, they've plotted against him. They say, come, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we'll say, a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see who will, what will become of his dreams then. And Reuben, one of the brothers, heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, let's shed no blood, let's throw him into this pit that's in the wilderness, but don't lay hands on him, that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. And this pit that they threw Joseph in, scholars think more than likely it was a cistern, it was an empty well, because that area of the world in Shechem, they had many, many wells, and at this time of the year in the summertime, it probably was a dried up well, and so they threw him into the bottom of that well, and they React, reacted and they stripped him of his tunic, the multicolored jacket that was on him. Verse 24, they threw him into the pit. No water was in it. And then isn't this interesting? Verse 25, then they sat down to eat a meal. I don't know how you read that, but man. I've watched some of these dramas on TV. They're not very healthy to watch before you go to bed. You know, they're the mystery suspense ones and somebody you know there's always somebody who gets hurt maybe they're maybe they're killed and sometimes you'll see some of the crazies that commit these crimes and then they'll go commit it and they'll go act crazy and the next thing you know they're sitting down eating dinner like nothing happened and you're watching it going they're a psychopath what in the world that's they're crazy i don't know what can you imagine his brothers Chiming in together, working together, and their plan is they're going to kill him, throw him in the pit. They throw him in the pit, walk off, it's time to go get something to eat. Let's go get dinner. And they sit down. It tells me this, there will always be those who are opposed to your dream. And oftentimes, brothers and sisters, it is those people who don't have dreams who often try to silence those of us who do. It's those to whom God would like to speak. God would like to share a dream of, in a future for their heart. But they're so hard-hearted and they don't hear it. But yet they see a dream being fulfilled in you or God working in you. So all they have to do is start talking and opposing your dream. And a lot of times that happens in the church, unfortunately. Crazy, crazy dreams. Yet there will always be those who oppose your dream oppose your dream i'm thinking about this uh, speaking of dreams i'm thinking about this girl she was waiting on this boy to propose to her and she'd been waiting and waiting and waiting he pulls her aside one night and tells her about this dream that he's had and he says uh, a dream that i proposed to you what do you think that means 
And she said, I think it means you have more sense when you're asleep than it does when you're awake. <laughs> he wasn't opposed. He was just taking too long to actually do something about it. God has a dream. If you're a child of God, I believe from God's word, God has a dream, a purpose, a plan for every single person who's a child of God. Here's the question this morning. Do you know what it is? Have you discovered what it is? Because you can go all throughout life and go through the actions and the hubbub of life and job and marriage and family and blah, 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 and then die and leave this planet never fulfilling the dream that God had for you. Oh, what a sad commentary. God has a dream for you if you're a child of God, and He wants to see it accomplished, and even, even accomplished when those around you might oppose that dream. And there will be those that will oppose it. God has a dream for you. But it will take uh, some work on our part. Let's keep reading and see what happens. Verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it for us to kill our brother and to cover up his blood? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he's our brother, our own flesh. i got one guy starting to come to his senses a little bit. And his brothers listened to him. Then some Midianite traders passed by. They pulled him up and they lifted Joseph up out of the pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned to the pit. Apparently Reuben had disappeared for a little while. He comes back and Joseph's not in the pit so he tore, tore his garment. In verse 30, he returns to his brothers. The boy's not there. As for me, where am I to go? And they took Joseph's tunic his multicolored coat, they slaughtered a male goat and dipped the tunic in the blood and they sent the multicolored tunic and brought it to their father and said, we found this. Examine it to see whether it's your son's tunic or not. And his dad looks at it, examines it. It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. And Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. Then all his sons and daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, surely I will go down to Sheol in mourning for my son and his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. You know what that tells me? We're going to study this some more over the next few weeks. The fifth thing we learn from this, fulfilling God's dream for your life is going to take time and work. It's not going to be easy. And here's the challenge, I don't know about you, but here's the challenge in my own life that we have to be very careful of. If we focus on our dreams, that can be very dangerous. Because the fulfillment of our dream then becomes the most important thing. And it becomes an idol. Instead of realizing the point of the dream is for God to get glory. That's the point of the dream. The dream is not for you. The dream is for God through you and through the dream to get glory. Let me give you a personal example. I remember standing on a platform many years ago with a group of guys leading worship at the time. And there was a couple of thousand students there at this conference and we're up on stage and I'm singing, leading worship. And God starts speaking to me. That's not a good time, folks. 
I'm thinking, God, there's a lot of teenagers who are watching me right now, and I'm trying to remember the words to the song, and you're trying to talk to me. Can we talk later? Wasn't audible, it wasn't out loud, but in my heart I felt like God said, you're standing up there, you're going through the motions, this is what you supposedly wanted, you've pursued this, you're, you're singing all these songs, everybody's watching you, and yet you don't even know what you're singing. You're singing the words with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You're just going through the motions. And the reason why is, you become all about the dream, and you've forgotten the purpose of the dream is so I can get glory through the dream. And it was so distracting, church family, that in the middle of the song, I just looked at the guys playing with me, and I just said, we're, we're done. And I walked off the platform, and I can't remember what happened. I just remember the guy preaching that night came up and started his message. And I sat in the corner just weeping, going, God, Wow. How subtle is the enemy to all of a sudden make the dream become the idol? we got to be careful, church. We have great dreams that God, I believe, has given us for our church. But the dream is not the God. God is God. The dream is the objective that He is using to help Him get glory through us. That's what it's about. And if all that happens, if the dream's fulfilled, in our case as a church family right now, if we have a children's building over here and we've repurposed our space for adults and people are coming by the droves, but God doesn't get glory, we totally missed the point. Man, God has just spoken to me through this passage this week just thinking, wow. And sometimes if we're honest... We, we, we think of Jesus as a way to accomplish our dream and we make Jesus the actor in our life story instead of realizing we are the actor in God's story. It's God's story. It's not my story. I serve at the pleasure of the creator of the universe. He can move you and I anywhere he wants because it's his dream. It's his big dream. I just get to be a part of it. Wow, when you think like that, it puts life in a whole different perspective. I'm living a dream, yes, but I'm living the dream that God has for me that He wants to do through me to accomplish His will and to bring glory to Himself. And so here Joseph is. Can you imagine what he's thinking? <laughs> Wait a minute, God. I had these two dreams that everybody was going to bow down before me, but I'm looking up from a deep hole right now. Maybe that's where you find yourself today, looking up from a deep hole, wondering, God, what happened and where are you? Here's an interesting thing as we wrap up. I think sometimes our faith in God's promises are shaken because of our misunderstanding of the promises. And sometimes in our American Christianity, we read things like, Lo, I'm with you always, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we read verses like that and have things like that that we say that are true. But they're also true when life brings adversity and challenges and war and inflation and all those things. God's promises are still true. 
It doesn't mean when God is with us that we're not going to encounter trouble. And what Joseph quickly realized was, wow, God, I had those dreams, but what is going on here? And what we're going to discover is, as we go through the study of the life of Joseph, is we're going to discover it took 11 years, 11 years for the full measure of God's blessing to be accomplished in Joseph's life. 11 years. 11 years may seem like a long time. Sometimes we think if God's in it and God's advancing, it's going to happen quickly. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You know, when you think about children today, I was thinking about this. Human children have the longest development time both in the womb and in childhood compared to animals. Human children. The world of plants. An acorn. Takes a long time to become a giant strong oak tree. Think about this when you think about Joseph as we wrap up. If Joseph's family wasn't messed up and weird, his brothers never would have sold him into slavery. If they never sold him into slavery, he'd never gone to Egypt. If he'd never gone to Egypt, he'd never been sold to Potiphar. If he'd never been sold to Potiphar, he never would have been accused by her wife, we'll look at next week, of rape. If that had never happened, his wife had never falsely accused him, Joseph would have never been put in prison. If he'd never been put in prison, he'd never met the baker and the butler. If Joseph had never met the baker and the butler of Pharaoh, he never would have interpreted their dreams, dreams again. If he'd never interpreted their dreams, he never would have interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. If he'd never interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, he never would have become prime minister, second in command to Pharaoh. If he'd never been second in command, he'd never prepared for the famine to come. If he'd never prepared for the famine to come, then his family back in Canaan would have died in the famine. And if his family had died in the famine, then the Messiah of the world would have never been able to come. You think what you do doesn't matter? Every little thing matters. God has a plan for every single thing. It's all part of His great plan. What you and I do matters. So here's a question as we close. What are you dreaming for? What dream has God placed in your heart? I know without calling names, there are several of you in this church family that God's called you out to do some things and you've been sitting you've been making excuses I can't do that I'm too old I can't do that I'm not good enough I can't do that I don't have that gift I can't whatever it is as the old great philosopher Nike says just do it whatever God's calling you to do whatever dream he's placed in your heart step out and do it would you pray with me Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the dream that you have placed in the heart of this church family to serve you and to reach this community. Thank you, God. Because if we were not willing, you would find somebody else. Thank you that we get to partner with you. Thank you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to dream many, many more dreams. Help us to confirm that those dreams are from you. Help us to realize, God, there are going to be people who aren't going to be happy about our dreams. Lord, I thank you that I'm a part of a church family who wants to go the distance. And who's willing to do whatever it takes to see 
not just the dream of God happen because it's not about the dream, but the will of God happen through the dream that you've given us. Dear friends, as you're praying this morning, I don't know how God's speaking to your heart. Maybe you're a parent here today. Maybe you're a parent of one of our weekday kids. And you, you would say, you know what? Wow, God has given me great dreams for my kids. Things that I know God wants to bring about. I want to have a godly young man, a godly young lady grow up out of my home. Those are fantastic dreams. Maybe you're a senior adult in this church and you have great dreams for the future of our church. Your dream is 50, 60 years from now there will be more men and women in this community committed to Jesus. That's a great dream. I don't know how God's speaking to your heart this morning, but maybe it's just a surrender to Him afresh and anew. Maybe God gave you a dream a year ago or a decade ago. And you sat it on the shelf and he continues to prompt your heart and bring people across your path and challenge you, go pick that up. That was for me. Go pick that up. Go pick that up. And you just left that dream sitting on a shelf. And today maybe you just need to spiritually walk over to that shelf and dust that off and say, okay, God, how do I, how do, I do this? And I'll just tell you, if it's a dream you can accomplish by yourself, that's not a dream. Ask the Lord to speak to your heart right now. In just a moment, we're going to stand together. We're going to have a song of invitation. Church family, I want to ask you to be honest before the Lord today. I'll be down here at the front. I'm asking my friends Heath and Corey to come stand. If you need somebody to pray with you, we'd be happy to do that. Maybe you're visiting Crossroads today. And you'd say, today's the day I want to put my roots down here and let this church family know I want to serve here together with them. Friend, if that's your heart, I can't think of a better group of people to come join and to say, we're going to pursue the God of the universe. And as we do, we're going to chase the dream that He's placed in our heart if it's from Him. Father, I pray You'd have Your way during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church family, would you stand? We're going to sing a song together and you respond as God leads you this morning. We'll be here at the front waiting. Just as I am. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.